everybody. Welcome back to Spinal Tap Minute. We're at episode 37. And uh, yeah, this is quite an episode. It's the podcast where we'll analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And returning once again is special guest Badger McGinnis of Squamish Studios. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, so we've brought you back to to discuss minute 37 of the minute this is, uh, excuse me, of the movie This Is Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start with the answer to the immortal question that Nigel left us with yesterday. That question was, how much more black? We end with the band on stage for a performance of Rock and Roll Creation. And in between, Ian defends the cover and uh, and David disagrees. But so, yeah, so so at the very beginning, we actually got the, the there's a little bit of that question from Nigel that gets cut off. So the full question is, how much more black could this be? And the answer, and the is, answer none. is none. None, none more black. <laughs> you have to love Nigel. He's really yeah. trying to be a sport about this disaster of an <laughs> album cover. I agree. Yeah, yeah he, I think he, he's he's going a little deeper with it. Like none, he's getting you know? philosophical. Like, wow, yeah. You know, it's like. It reminds me of when a friend of mine went to see The Matrix and he was just like blown away by it. Like, whoa, this is so deep. And you know, like, he's really like taking this none more black to a, the next level yeah. of thinking. So, well, it's funny. I'm, I'm reminded of something that Tim Gunn says. Mm. And uh, Tim Gunn, um, the, I don't know, fashion maven. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how you describe what he is or what he does. But uh, so he in an interview, he was asked, you know, surely you, you're you're associated with fashion. If you're walking around, people must come up to you and and ask you to critique what they're wearing. And a lot of times they must be wearing things that are not good. So what do you say? And, and his reply was very diplomatic. He said, well, you know, if that's what you wanted, you got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> And and that's kind of what what Nigel's doing here. Like if if you wanted a black cover, this is black. <laughs> he's he's he's. I think this is at his most diplomatic. He's this yeah. is you know he hasn't said if it's good or bad. It's it's just black. Yeah, and then David is right in there saying, "I think you rationalize this whole thing." Like it's something you did on purpose, yeah. And I think he, you know, we're stuck with a very, very stupid and a very <laughs> dismal-looking album. <laughs> and meanwhile, we can see Janine's reaction in the background, and I, I get the sense that this is her first real exposure to Ian and Ian's earnest incompetence. Yes, and it, it's like. Oh my God, what the hell have I gotten myself into? What has my husband gotten himself into? Right. Can I help with this train wreck or should I just, you know, jump ship at this point? Why did I fly all the way out here to to see this? (laughs) Well, there's a little bit of, I'm, you know, I'm none too late that, that this, this is the way things are going when I'm not here to, to, to look after David. 
Right. It, David's larynx is fat. Now we've mm-hmm. got this album cover situation. In, in Janine's defense, I don't think she had any grand designs about trying to take over management duties from Ian. Mm-hmm. Like she was just coming on to support David. Right. But then she gets this harsh reality of <laughs> things are going. And I think her heart is in the right place where she's she wants to help. Yeah. You know? I do think you're right. I think her heart is in the right place. Yes, yes. And and the situation just makes it makes it easy, whether it's whether these things are Ian's fault or not, whether there's anything he could have done differently. Just the situation is such it makes it easy for someone to come in and criticize and and, um and she's not even that that critical other than to say you need help. <laughs> yeah. And anyone, you know, and we're watching and we're like, yes, yes, he needs, the band needs help. Someone needs to help these people. You know, whether it's Janine's the best person to give the help, we don't know, but, but she's not wrong in, in just that, you know, yeah, they, they need help. And Ian is obviously way over his head, I think, at this point, but he's trying his best. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, and then we've got a little, just a couple more seconds here, right in the beginning of, of Viv's little peekaboo <laughs> Viv here in the background, looking like he's just trying to take it all in, and he might be under, I don't know, some heavy sedation. Heavy sedation. <laughs> yeah. Do we know how long uh, Viv has been with Spinal Tap at this point? I get the feeling that he's a longstanding touring member. Mm-hmm. But that he's not an integral part of the creation of Spinal Tap, right. let alone its sound. Right, the creation. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't. Um, I didn't look that up specifically for <sighs> this minute. So sorry. Well, I. But if um, my hunch is right, somebody in the groupies lounge or um, on on Twitter will probably fill in all the details for us. And and yes, I do have the companion book just arm's length from me here. Oh, wow. But I don't want to stop, go over, and look. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we've seen old footage of them where he's not in the band, so. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've got Ian saying it's time to kick arse. Mm-hmm. And then, uh... We go right into rock and roll creation, unless anybody else has anything before we hop on stage here with the guys. Well, I just want to address the question, mm-hmm. and well, I guess address the answer of of how much more black could it be? And uh, there's a company in England called Surrey Nanosystems mm-hmm. that has that is working on something. Well, they've got their original product was called Vanta Black. And that was made of carbon nanot- nanotubes that absorbed 99.96% of the light that hit it. And at the time was basically the blackest material in existence. And they've, they've recently, within the, I guess about the past year, come out with Vanta Black 2, which is, um, which is even blacker. So yeah. the answer was they could be more black. And <laughs> it's, it's so black that they they can't get accurate measurements yeah. on just how black it is. And uh, I'll I'll post a link. There's a there's a story about it, and there's some video that is um, it's it's mind bending how black this stuff is. I'll post that link on on the website. 
Yeah, I'm so, glad you uh, brought that up because yeah. that was actually one of the first things we noted um, when we decided to do this was that I think Brian ran across this and mm-hmm. then some of our um, groupies lounge, I think, has posted about it, too. So, yeah, it's really interesting and cool. And I, I just want to note that as I'm looking here as uh, at Ian for the last time in this little moment, at least, before we go on to stage, is that he looks like a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> When he's saying kick arse, which I can't say in, in you know, his accent, he looks like he's like cock-a-doodle-doing right there. <laughs> now, Sean, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I'm betting that that Phantom Black 2 or whatever it was called uh, is pretty expensive. And I, I imagine that if Spinal Tap were around today and Ian was trying to get this album out, he wouldn't be able to afford that level of black so he would probably go for a more budget black mm-hmm. yeah for this yeah. album cover probably yeah good call good call yeah they're they're i think not they're not top shelf black no, no. <laughs> they're middle shelf they're yeah, well black well <laughs> black 99 cent store black mm-hmm. <laughs> so now we've got one of these um one of these kind of big production value uh mm-hmm. Big production now. Situations here with these pods, <laughs> these huge kind of veiny pods. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> they some sort kind of, of yeah, they got a real body snatcher look to them. Right. Like, a, yeah, some kind of chrysalis or the, yeah, body snatcher feel. And then Which, uh, what one could say that it goes along with the theme of the song for this scene, which is rock and roll creation. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, being born, yeah, yeah, birthed out, birthed of, these out pods. of these pods. Yeah, uh, yeah and it's quite dramatic with the 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 boom, boom. You know how they're how they're playing their music. They've really got their um, David leaps out. <laughs> Nigel's. What is he playing? He's got like this little practice guitar that I think you would bring along. F- um, on airplane trips or something. So if you wanted to keep on practicing, yeah. you could play that. My brother has one of those. I think it's, it's a smaller guitar. I never noticed that before. Yeah. I, I think it's almost full scale, but the body is just tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's a, it's a yeah regulation size neck. Right. You know, 34 or 36 frets or whatever. But then uh, the little tiny body. And it's interesting because Previously, we saw him showing off his collection and particularly talking about about the, the Les Paul with the great sustain. Mm-hmm. And here we're seeing that, and, and this is partially true in, in general, just the age of electronic music, the physical body of, of the instrument doesn't matter as much when the sound is coming through the electronics. Mm-hmm. And I just got to imagine this particular instrument, it sounds fine. The performance is good. But my guess would be that particular instrument does not have a lot of sustain. Just there's not, not that there doesn't there's no mass to the body. Yeah. But uh yeah, but the, the number's like- great in terms of the, the theatricality. I feel like if I'm at a concert and I see this, yeah, um, I feel good. Yeah, and they're um this is the most coordinated in look that we've seen them. They're all wearing red. Yeah, the, the, that's and a little bit of white. Yeah, I've never noticed that before but yeah you're right david's wearing a flowy almost the kimono kimono, kimono very open in the front mm-hmm. 
he almost looks ready for bed in a way, but <laughs> grand and sensual way. And we see him wearing a yellow kimono later on in the film. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember watching uh, a documentary on uh, Rush, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how during the uh, 70s that they had absolutely no idea how to present themselves as a band. Uh Because they were all a bunch of self-admitted nerds and they had no concept of fashion. (laughs) So they kept on trying a bunch of different things. And uh, one look that they tried during the mid to late 70s, I think, was the whole... You know, kimono, <laughs> the silk robes and everything. And, and they were just like, yeah, this is just not working at all. <laughs> so I, I, have, I have to wonder if Spinal Tap was influenced by that a little bit. I w- Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. We've definitely talked about how them being influenced by other artists and maybe being, you know, a year or two behind the, the trends mm-hmm. sometimes in some cases here. Because this was made in 82. Right. So that was well after Rush's experiment with <laughs> yes, that particular yes. look. Yeah, and David, you know, t- leans towards the more kind of spiritual and flowy, especially, you know, most times so far we've seen him in the white sort of mm-hmm. poet or pirate shirt. <laughs> now, does that clash with his Leo sign? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm, we'll have to find out. In the future minutes. <laughs> but something's amiss here, right here at the end. Um, it looks like they've timed it so that David pops out, you know, to the music. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then and then Nigel, Nigel, when he comes in with with his solo, he pops out. And then what's going on over here? With Poor Derek. Derek. <laughs> It's always the bass player. <laughs> I am a bass player too, so I feel Derek's pain. Although I've never been trapped. In- <laughs> <laughs> well, this might be a good time to ask: Do you have any Spinal Tap uh, memories or moments um, yourself that you'd like to share? Uh, nothing quite this bad, but uh, I, I do remember two things. Uh, one really quick was. Uh, a show I did a long, long time ago. Uh, it was during a showcase with a bunch of other bands and like labels and industry execs were there. And we get on stage, and the first note of the first song uh, that we play, I bust my e. Oh, and you can't. I can't. <laughs> what do you do? Except you gotta stop and change strings mid song because you you need that string, right? Uh, and I recovered and we ended up playing the rest of the show just fine, but that, that really kind of sucked. Uh, the, the longer story I have is, um, I was in another band years later and we were doing a show, uh, down in San Jose. So I'm left-handed and I'm on stage right, which means that my neck is pointed right at the singer Mm -hmm. and the singer for the band had really, really long hair and loved to toss it around. (laughs) <laughs> all over the stage, which, you know, looks great, right? Sure. Uh, unfortunately, at one point, he's doing this and gets all of his hair caught in my tuning pegs. Oh, no. And he doesn't realize this, and he keeps on moving. <laughs> oh, no. So I have to stand there and desperately and quickly try to peel out all of his hair <laughs> out of my tuning pegs before he either tears me off the stage or tears his hair out. Oh, no. That one. 
So you were able to do it? I was able to do out. that. The show continued, and it was only afterwards, <laughs> do you realize what happened with your hair and, and my, my bass? And he's like, no, man, I had no idea. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that looks like you dodged a real potential bad situation there. Me and him. <sighs> yeah, I think, obviously, none, none More Black is one of my favorite parts of this whole movie and that's why you know i added it into our intro and so it's great to finally finally get here and then flow right into this this these i guess they're calling them eggs but yeah they look more like pods Pods, definitely yeah and at first i thought right here it looked like Derek was giving that that rock and roll fist pump, but he's right, actually starting right. to pound <laughs> on the inner wall just to try to get the hell out. Yeah. Well, and but, I can imagine because that's kind of his signature. He does, you know, his move is to play the bass one handed while the other hand is you know, he's pumping a fist up in the air. So I can imagine if you're in the audience, you're like, hey, yeah, Derek's giving, kind of saluting. He's got his fist in the air. He's doing his move. It may take you a while to realize, oh, wait, something, you know, something's not right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as a total trooper, he's still playing. He's still playing. Yes, he's still playing. He is really, yeah, he's not letting it distract him. No. But, you know, he's he's a professional. He, he is, is a, a total professional. professional. Well, it, you know, it's like Marty pointed out that they are very punctual. Yes, right? they yeah, are. They are yeah. total professionals. <laughs> Even if they may get lost backstage. <laughs> So yeah, any other other notes about this minute or anything else, Badger, that you want to talk about or bring in? Um, no, I think I think we covered think it that's all. About yeah. It. yeah, this has been fun. I always um, we've been having a good time bringing in musicians, and you know, we get to talk shop a little bit and get those uh, little nuances that musicians notice about this and how authentic their performances are and everything and how true to life everybody seems to have some sort of spinal tap-esque tale to tell yeah that that does bring up one point that i would want to mention is that i don't think this would have sold uh itself to the audience as much as it did if Harry and, and the rest of, of the, the actors didn't actually play their own stuff and write their own music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, if they were just faking it... It wouldn't have flown. No, it yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. We have... Yeah, we've mentioned that. Sean's mentioned that a few times, and it's definitely true. Yeah. Because you don't even give it a second thought. You're not distracted by them not really getting it right. Yeah. It's so it just is integrated completely naturally and into the the whole thing. And that's also why some people at first showing, you know, even thought it was like a real documentary, mm-hmm. you know, makes sense. Totally. And as a musician, anytime I see uh, a, a movie or, or, or a television show where they have musicians on stage, if they're not actually doing it, you can tell. You can tell. A few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it really does take you out of that scene because you start critiquing. It's like, okay, you're just like miming and you're not doing a very good job and your hands are in the wrong positions. Right. But they just, they really dedicated themselves to this. Yeah. And it's also like, I mean, this is just another goofy, frivolous thing, but it's so true is like being a barista for so many years. Anytime somebody picks up a cup of coffee in a movie or a TV show and it's super light. 
Mm. You know, like I know so much the weight of a cup of coffee. I've had so many lattes and espresso drinks and mochas and cappuccinos <laughs> and 12 ounce and 16 ounce and eight ounce and 10 ounce. Like I know exactly what that feels like. And I see people all the time and it it's just like in my head, I'm like, that doesn't have anything in it. That doesn't have anything. You know? <laughs> like, come on, at least like put a little water in it or something just so yeah. it has a weight to it. You know, super distracting. Well, cool. Well, I don't think I have anything else for this minute either. How are you doing, Sean? I'm good. I think, yeah, I think the minute speaks for itself and then we spoke for it. <laughs> Great. So everyone's spoken the minute itself and all three of us. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think this is a turning point. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe things will all work out from here on out for all spinal tap. You think so? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well we hope you've all enjoyed going along on this little journey with us today uh for minute 37 um and episode 37 of spinal tap minute and uh, yeah hang out with us um let's see on twitter and instagram we're at spinal tap minute you can find us on our website which is spinaltapminute.com and uh if all i have to say if you've ever had your hair caught up in the tuning pegs of a bass or, or any other real life spinal tap moments, uh, let us know about it. Give us a call at 419 tap tap six. That's 419-827-8276. Uh, share your real life spinal tap story with us. And if, uh, if we like it, we may share it on a future episode, but otherwise we're going to wrap up. Please come back and join us again tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep doing that. I'll pause to do. Maybe, hopefully, I can edit around this. Okay. If not, it'll be a, a funny blooper. Funny flub. <laughs> so, Badger. Yes. If folks want to hear more or see more of you, where can they find you? Uh, they can go to my website, uh, Uh I also have a uh, Lovecraftian card game for anybody who's uh, fans of H.P. Lovecraft, Call of Cthulhu, or fun card games in general, which is called Feed the Shoggoth. And you can check that out at FeedTheShoggoth.com. And that is a really fun game. I have played it numerous times. Badger knows because I pretty much text him a picture of us every time we're playing it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, we played it for New Year's Eve, for Thanksgiving, and um, it's it's one of those games where it's um, really it's really well done. Like it's easy to understand and get into it right away, which is why. Besides it having a, um, a good sense of humor and a, an, an enjoyable playing, it, the ability to get in and show other people how to play it is um, one of the major reasons that I really like it. Because you can bring it to, to friends and, and uh, yeah, my dad and stepmom love playing it. Our friends Pam and Pete, we, they, you know, bought their own copy. So we're, we're, I'm always spreading the love for Feed the Shoggoth. Cool. Yeah, and Heidi I will, uh, really, really good at wiping the floor with other people in that game. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Maybe that's also why I like it. <laughs> yeah, so we'll put links to all that on uh, on the website. So uh, yeah, check it out. Cool. And check us out tomorrow. Well, we'll be back for another minute of the movie. But until then, and so say all of us. Tap, tap into, into America. America.